morning, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jim and James. James, Mike, and before we bring Mike in, I just want to say that I had the most delicious cup of coffee today. It's actually extra special. Reminds me of a time that I was in New Orleans with Mike's Uh-oh. counterpart, Lane Miller, 2018. I'm not going to confirm or deny that Lane had another mishap when he was on crutches and may have taken a spill in a restaurant. You know what? Let's table that for another time because we'd want Lane here to defend himself if we did. But anyways, it's good to be here this morning. Thanks for joining us, audience. James, would you do the honors and bring our guest in, please? I will. I will. Uh, You may know him from the Internet and making the media rounds uh, here lately with with all of our our friends on all the podcasts here lately. Uh, Mr. Mike Lamont from TRC is joining us today. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, he's, Good morning. I'm great. How are you? We are doing well. Um, we are making it through. Awesome. Uh, as, as we've shared on the show many a times, we've moved to kind of a, a schedule where we record several in a, at a time. I think we're on number 7,000 of today, it feels like. Uh, we're doing really wow. well. Uh, we're, we're in the zone. We're in the flow. You got us at the end, which means we're really good at this now. No excuses. You know, that that's, there's so much truth to that. We, I, I do podcast myself and, and it's difficult to go back and listen to the early material. It's like, oh, really? But the more you do it, just like anything else, the better you get at it. And you know? it becomes more comfortable and easier. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mike, we have a support group now that you're a part of the Super Friends. Uh, with oh, yeah. In there on an email chain. Uh, it's I think it's a support group for podcasting just in our industry. It's <laughs> us all sane. But uh, Mike, we're, we're glad you're here this morning. For those that don't know Mike, Mike is uh, Director of Pipeline Integrity Services, TRC. And uh, we, if you don't follow Mike on uh, LinkedIn and, and if you, you're not on the awesome email chain that I am, uh, you should be following him. He's a, a great resource for leadership. He's, he's out there uh, really being an advocate for our industry. And we're excited to have him on. So, Mike, good morning. And uh, we're just going to jump right in if you're ready. Great. Let's do it. All right. So we were trying to figure it out in the pre-show, but um, we can't decide if we cross paths or not actually in person. I'm sure we have. We've been at a lot of events and there's without a doubt a chance that, that we have. But, you know, like I said, in the virtual world we've been in the last 18 months, we definitely have. And, um, you know, uh, lots of events that, that we speak at. I know y'all do as well. TRC is a client of ours also. And so to say we have a, a lot of overlaps, really kind of an understatement. So it's awesome to sit down with you and kind of fellowship and really kind of put face to the name, but let's get started. I want to kind of give your origin story, bring everybody along to the Mike Lamont that we see today. Wow. Okay, so that's a wonderful um, question, the origin story, and, and how, do, how did I get to where I am today? I, I'd like to think of myself as, as, a, um, as an underdog, and, and, and I think that, that we, we all go through life, and somewhere around elementary school, you start to compare yourself to others and go, uh, you know, maybe I'm not as athletically gifted and, and maybe I'm not as, you know, things don't come easy to me. Cause like, well, hey, that, that kid understood that. And, and I didn't get it. And, and uh, I would say that that's actually been a, a great thing for me because 
you know, over the, the course of my childhood, I, you know, like most kids, di I didn't have a great relationship with hard work. And, and it, it, it was I something that my, yeah, my, yeah, my parents really, yeah, my, my parents did not give up, right? It was, hey, you know, well, we're going to go out and cut the grass. We're going to go out and do these things. And you're not going to do a shoddy job. You're going to do a great job at anything you do. And um, I'd say somewhere around high school that that kind of started to click with me. I'm like, oh, you know, the more you put into stuff, the better, the more you get out of it. And um, and I would say that that's been a pillar that's really carried me. Now, um, aside from work ethic, I think that, you, you know, the the confidence, you have to have confidence in being a successful a contributing member to this, our society. And in you go, okay, well, Mike, where did your confidence come from? I think a couple of things. I think one is, you know, I always knew that I could go back and, you know, and, and put the work in. But two, and I talked about this a little bit on Connections for Life, but um, yep. I actually, uh, when I was in grad school, I was teaching and I was working on a thesis and, and that money ran out and I had to go work at the local zoo to make money. And not many people know that. And um, so I went from teaching freshmen in college, which, by the way, can be a very uh, scary thing in and of itself, to working with venomous snakes and crocodiles and alligators. And I remember thinking, how many people would do this? Not many. Not many would do this. And I, I also specifically remembered one day when I was working with one of the cobras or mambas that, you know, one day when I get out into the professional world, I will never have a, a task as difficult as what I'm doing here. And, and so that's kind of stuck with me over the years is, yeah, but, you know, this is not life and death stuff. So um, in, you, you know, in, in that environment, you can't make a mistake and you can't always control what that uh, critter is going to do. And so that was definitely very influencing. A and then beyond that, I think the, the, the final thing is I've been a lifelong martial artist. My, my parents put me in karate when I was probably about third or fourth grade. And I've um, um, most recently been training in judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, and I think those things are excellent for people. I think all kids should have to take a, a martial art of some form. And it's interesting because it's incredibly humbling because you really, when, when you start at the white belt, you look around and you go, I, I don't you know, all these guys are better. All these guys and gals are better than me. And, and, and so it kind of breaks you down, but then it slowly builds you back up. And the one thing about martial arts is if you don't quit, you will be successful at it. And so my thing was, well, I'm not the most physically gifted person in the world, but I just will not quit, right? Mm -hmm. And and that stuck with me. So uh, uh, those are the the kinds of things that that have influenced me to help me get to where I am today. That's yeah, there's a, a ton of discipline in in martial yeah. arts, and you know, almost um, un, unparalleled to what you need i mean and from a it's funny to think of that as a from a business standpoint and really attribute that that's mm -hmm. an awesome outlook uh mike how how did you end up in natural gas 
So I, um, I started my career doing regulatory compliance um, at a chrome plating um, plant. And then um, um, got a call from a company called Lufkin Industries. And Lufkin Industries, for those of you that don't know, manufactures oil pumping units. And that was really the, the start. And so I went and took a position with them where I was doing uh, environmental, all the you know, safety, all regulatory compliance things. And that was, that was I'd say, my, the, the real start in my oil and gas career. And from there, um, after a few years of doing that, I went to a small um, consulting firm and jumped in right when the integrity rules were first coming out and haven't looked back since. Awesome. I love it. I, I do want to introduce Mike, though, to Randall Hackworth from Wade Trim. Next time you're at a conference, we're at a conference. Together. Let's connect the dots. Yeah. Heated in some sort of form of martial arts in the world. I mean, this was a few years ago, but he was Excellent. a worldwide competitor. And he also talks about the discipline that it carries through all parts oh, yeah. of life. So very fascinating. That's probably why you have that. It, it really does. Uh, you know? sure. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, I'm older than I look. So there is that. <laughs> uh, Connections for Life guys said you've been in the industry energy for 20 years. And I think you said Chad said. Well, you started when you were four, you know. Yeah, so. you're, you're four, exactly. Yeah, yeah, something, <laughs> something to that effect. But you know, and and so, you know, martial arts. It, it's I think human beings are, are are really designed to to be active and to um, to get out and move your body. And so, you know, not everyone has to go out and, and be a martial artist. But you know, just like if you have a puppy and you keep it pent up in, in its um, crate all day, well, that critter, that dog's not going to be the super happy dog. It's not going to be the best it could be. I think people are exactly the same. You're meant to get out and move around. And, and one of the great things I think that, that COVID has taught us is, you know, hey, when you can remote, you know, remote work, you can work from home, go out and take a walk at lunchtime. Yes. Go take a walk in the evenings. Um, and, and don't sit in a cube all day because I think that, that ultimately that just crushes our souls. If yep. we just sit there in front of these screens all days, all day, it, it's, it's really detrimental. Yep. Well, I agree. The, um, I used I'm to be out. an avid walker. And when I walked, when I did, I need to get it back up. I've been, I don't know, whatever, but it's, you know, when I walked, it was more, I'd say mental than physical, even though I did four to six miles a day. You know, so it's great physical, but absolutely mental clarity. I felt uh, alive. Let me let me bring us back on, uh, Mike. TRC. You know, we know you guys. Uh, Lane Miller TRC. is a great friend of James's. I I no, well, okay. Uh -huh. you, Lane's a, Lane Miller's a friend of mine. No. Come on, you know, I, I'll take ownership of Lane. So known him for years, and he's a great guy. Um, let's help bring the audience so a little bit you know, more into TRC, what you guys do, how you fit into the big picture, such like that. Let's give people the, uh, maybe the 20,000 foot overview. How does that sound? Sure, that sounds great. So TRC, um, we are a full service engineering consulting firm. We do everything from air permitting to soil and groundwater remediation. Our team works with, with pipelines and you go, okay, well, what do we do with pipelines? 
we work with both hazardous liquids and natural gas pipelines, and we do all things regulatory pipeline safety. And so you mentioned Lane, uh, regulatory guru. That's, uh, that, that's something that TRC's really done an excellent job at, is that we've went out and got the top experts in the pipeline industry and have structured our team around those experts. So we have you know, a regulatory compliance team, Lane Miller, DeWitt Bordeaux, yep. uh, Dale Goldman, Buzz Fan. These are all uh, top experts in our industry. And, and beyond that, we do um, integrity engineering. And you go, what does that mean? So HCA analysis, risk analysis, in, uh, integrity uh, assessment management, um, data integration. And then we, we have a corrosion control team and all of these teams are led by really the top folks in the industry. And so we really are proud of being expert led. I like that. And I, I think he even held back a little bit because I, I, you know, when I've talked to Lane many times at conferences, you know, Lane will go down a path and then he'll give a presentation, then he gets a presentation going. So, <laughs> you know, it's exciting. Um, I, I got to share something with you. And you, you just hit on it. You, you use the word lead. Okay. And I get to share the mic with this gentleman, James, who is passionate about leadership. Um, you, you know, James will talk your ears off, you know, all of a sudden I'll get a, whatever. He's like, Hey, I found a new book on leadership, you know? And if you, and yeah, if he goes over yeah. to his side, he has them on his desk. Um, oh, he, he'll, he oh. could be pulling them out all day. Um, I've watched. There you go. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's, oh, he's ready. They're just and props. I haven't read any. But... It's good. No, he gives me. They're on, my list. They're on my list. Yeah. He's helped my daughter who just graduated from UT Austin. I mean, James is a guru about that. We've watched you on live with Jim Kunkel. We watched you on connections for life. And I have to say, you and James have something very similar, you know, this passion right. for leadership and, and leadership in a, in a way to help people. Um, you know, where did you get that? You know, yeah. what, who instilled that in you, Mike? You know, where does it come yeah. from? That's a great question, Jim. I, I would say that the leadership void has sucked me in. It's not that um, I'm some great leader and I have everything figured out because I, I don't. Uh, I would say that it's more that poor leadership is, is everywhere right now. And, and you can't get away from it, whether it's politicians, business, the media. We have such poor examples of what makes a good leader today. Yep. Um, today, how do you get to be a leader? Well, you put other people down um, mm -hmm. and, and you, you, you continue on that path. And, and it's you know, sitting back and criticizing others is simply not leadership. Okay, I think it takes very little intellect or ability to wait for something bad to happen or um, to be divisive um, or look at lagging indicators and go, well, you, you know, you didn't do a good job knowing very well that the person saying that can't do the work that you can. So that, that's not leadership. I, and, and so I would say that 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 because there's there's so much poor leadership, 
I feel really compelled to talk about, hey, there's a better way. There's a better way. Leaders should build up others and say, how can I help you versus let's just kind of crush people and then and move on to the next group, crush them, keep them down. And, And we should be all working to elevate everyone around us. And, and the most fun that I've had professionally is give me that island of misfit toys that nobody else wants, but they want to work hard. Give me the underdogs. I will form a team. And you know what? I, I'll get in there with them, right? Um, and, and we will outwork anyone else. And we're going to build each other up. And in, in, in about a year, right, that team together will be better than, you know, the, all the well-credentialed, whatever, you know. And so that's really what I'm passionate about is let's, there, there is a better way and, and let's start talking about it and let's push out the, the kind of this, this paradigm we're in right now that somehow we should respect others that, that um, are in a leadership position that aren't leaders. And, and so if you look at the stats right now, about 70% of the workforce says, I'm disengaged with my job. I don't like what I do. I don't like my boss. And, and you go, what does that mean in terms of productivity? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and, and companies are around to make money, period, dot. They are. That, that's, that's what companies are around to do. And, and you go, well, wow, how much more money could you make if you inspired your employees and you built them up yep. versus you, you lead by tearing them down, keeping them scared, right? And, and so um, that's something that I think we have to, to stand up and say, we need to change, absolutely need to change. And, and right now we're seeing a changing of the guard, so to speak, in the leadership in oil and gas, where well, a lot of, I'll call it the old school leadership is, is moved on to retirement. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity to go, you know what, well, we're going to do this a little differently now. Yeah. And now, now there's two sides to this story because the workforce has a role in it too, because I can say, you know what, I'm an employee and Jim, you're my boss. I'm going to put all the responsibility on you. And if you fail to inspire me, yeah. I, I'm just not going to work really hard. And so it's a two-way street. Yep. You as a leader have to do, but the workforce, and you see this everywhere, I'll jog, but I'm not going to run for you. Hmm. And, and more and more, that's becoming a problem with the younger generation coming on because they're like, well, I'm really not inspired by you. So if you expect me to sweat, that's not going to happen. I will, I'll do a light jog, 
and, and I will do the minimum, maybe a little bit more than the minimum, but I'm really not going to kill myself and, and, and really work hard. And so it's a two-way street. And, and I think that, that to have a balanced discussion, you have to always consider that the folks that are being led have to, one, um, be open-minded enough to being led. Yeah. Right. And and unfortunately, that's a challenge in the in the workplace as well today. Yeah, but and, and there's a lot of Mike, there's a lot of studies being done on how important the first follower is, you know, and, and it's one of the most famous TED Talks out there is a three minute TED Talk about the importance of the first follower. Right. That first nut. And uh, right. that that, you know, being learning how to be a great follower is something that's very important too, you know, learning how to follow and when and look around. I, Absolutely. I think it's super underrated. A absolutely. So now I think we are in this perfect storm where we've got, we, we've got folks that don't want to be led and have no interest really in being led. And then folks that are poor leaders. And so you go, you know, wh where does it all come from? Again, I'd say that void that we're, where we sit in um, has more, sucked me in and put me in this position where it, it, it's like, I, I got to speak up and say something because I feel responsibility. I feel compelled to, to help. And uh, I've made a career out of building up others, taking folks that, that um, didn't believe in themselves, that you saw something, that I saw something in and, and going, hey, no, let's, let's put you in a situation where you can succeed. And to me, that's more satisfying than, than anything you can do. And if you're not making other people around you better, why are you here? Yep. No doubt. Let me, let me jump in real quick. I, I just have to connect the dots again. When you said you wanted to lead the, what is it? The land of the misfit toys or whatever mm -hmm. that phrase is. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody else on this podcast, maybe James has been said the same thing about him that he likes to do that too. He likes to get people yeah. that have, you know, well, talent, well, well, talent. a really funny thing that happened. It was a kind of a joke uh, at first, but Jim actually came to work in the brand department. So yeah. he worked for me. And funny enough, Jim left the brand department about two or three months ago. And it was like the end of, of uh, you know, Rudolph, where the toy got to go back. Yeah. Home. So it was a full yeah. circle. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Mike, uh, we, we joke about it. You know, I, lo I love that, that you said, you know, what pulled you in was really that, that void sucked you in. I'm kind of driven. I'm enamored by leadership. I'm so fascinated by it and the different, I mean, I can't read enough. I can't look at enough examples mm -hmm. and, and find this new little wrinkle that allows me to, you know, like you said, stand people up or help people along or get them in the right seat, whatever it might be. So I, you know, kind of the same vein, but it's really, for me, it's so fascinating what's out there and what leaders have done in the past and, and the good and bad and ugly of it. Right. Um, you can learn just oh, yeah. as much from the, the poor examples out there. In fact, that when I look back, the ones that stick out are the ones I don't want to be when I grow up, you know, and that's what I always said. Yep. Absolutely. And, and so Absolutely. I learned quite a bit from that. Mike, I, I want to stay on this topic. I was really, you know, pumped to get to sit and talk to you about leadership. 
there's a book for myself that kind of changed me in the way I went about it. I've mentioned it several times called The Happiness Advantage. And uh, if you haven't mm-hmm. looked it up, there's also a TED Talk on it uh, that, that's kind of a, it in a nutshell. But is there, are there any books for you that maybe have been kind of that, that book or, or have built a great foundation for you? Seven Habits is another one for us. Yep. Good to great is a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, ones like that are become like foundational books for you. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question. And, and and we we are so fortunate to live in an age where there's so many resources at our fingertips and, and you can go on to YouTube and, and get some great you listen to TED Talks or, or just listen to some great content and, and people should be taking advantage of that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, it's just a wonderful time to be alive in that respect. So books, I, I would say that most recently, the book that has most influenced me is um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I, I think that that really opened my eyes. And if you haven't read it, it is, it, it's a, the underdog story. It's, it's about, uh, um, uh, David growing up in in uh, rural Indiana and in being uh, you know poor and and his his uh, dad was uh, abusive and and just having all of these disadvantages and he overcame all of those things to become a Navy SEAL uh, inspirational speaker and author and and you know there's there's something that that he says that that really sticks with me that, you know, basically we are living at about 40% of what we could do. Mm. Like we, we have a governor on us, like a car and, and we get to that 40% and in whether it's, you know, doing something physical or sitting here working on something for work, um, we start to get uncomfortable and we go, Oh, this is not fun. And, and we, back off. And, and how do you do it at work? Well, let me look at my phone. Let me, you know, and, and so I I find that really fascinating that, um, and, and again, if you think about what companies are around to do, we're around to companies are around to make money and you go, wow, if you have a workforce that, um, that, that if they were inspired, you could get maybe 50, 60% more, productivity out of them. Wow. You know, so that's probably the number one. Uh, I've also read, um, you know, certainly Jocko Williams, uh, Lawrence Colebrook. And so there's a theme, um, you know, these, all of these folks have done incredibly tough things and um, persevered. Right. And, and so I, I find that to be very inspirational. And, and the other thing that these folks are saying is, why would you care what everyone else is doing? What have you done? What have you done today? Because again, we're in this kind of society where we point fingers and we go, well, I'm not successful because of this person or this group, or, well, uh, this person's getting a promotion that I should have got. And and it's, and if you stop, stop all that and you start to go, okay, um, what do I need to do to get better? 
that's where true greatness comes from. That's where you start to really be the best you can be. And you can't if you're blaming everyone else and you're focused on everything else. And today, unfortunately, there's so much out there to distract us from ourselves. Social media, man. I mean, yeah. there, there's plenty of time. Social media. Can do it. I mean, and we're, we're, you know, as much of, much of it we can point fingers at, we're, you know, we're out there doing it too. But um, no, it's a great message. I'll have to pick up that book. Um, I'm wa- Currently, I'm reading um, Never Split the Difference. Um, uh, FBI mm-hmm. Negotiate is a really good one. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think what else. I'm also reading, my wife tells me I should read for fun more, which I tell her this is fun, but she doesn't get it. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm trying to read you know, some nonfiction. Uh, I just read Black Buck, which was a really good one, uh, kind of a sales book. Oh yeah, uh, really good, oh, really yeah. good story yeah. in there too. Um, well, hey Mike, while we have you, um, we're going to. We, this is something new we've kind of been doing at the end of shows, but we're going to give you the floor a little bit, turn it back over, let you kind of have the podcast, but. Are you I'm, sure you want to trust me? I you give me the keys. We can always yeah. Oh yeah, kind of. You know, I I, I do hang out with Wayne Miller, on where right? You so head, there is we that. Always have that that magic button over here. But <laughs> uh, Mike, what's one message that you would like to share with our audience, whether personal, business, whatever? You got your moment to give it all away. Yeah. What do you? So, what would you like to share? Yeah, it's in in. I'll I'll bring it back to to pipeline integrity for just just a moment because you know we've we've talked about leadership and and. And I'm passionate, but understand that this, all of these things are connected. I have had the privilege of working and building with some wonderful teams, some excellent pipeline integrity programs. And, and, and those programs functioned very, very well. I mean, world-class programs, best people, best technologies, and you take one person out or you change ownership, or you take one person out and you take another person out, and all of a sudden these programs crumble. All the processes and procedures are still there, all the technologies are still there, and you go, okay, well, why is that that program not what it was? And it, it, it becomes, you know, it com- comes back to this leadership question. And so here's my question for, for the audience is, do you want to be mediocre? Okay. Because if, if the answer is yes, if you're, if you're ultimately satisfied with being mediocre, I have nothing to offer you, right? I can't help you, right? But if you want to be special, if you want to be great, then, then take the first step. And the first step is looking inwardly. What do I need to work on? Right. And I think that that folks that give the advice of, you know, uh, double down on your strengths and don't forget your weaknesses, I, I think that's completely wrong. I think that you've got to embrace your weaknesses, be comfortable with them yep. and yep. and work on them every single day and get better. And, and that's how you start the down the road to being special. Now. Um, are we all going to be influential leaders? You know, maybe, maybe not, but we all have a role to play. And again, you know, being the, having the ability to be led is, is really just as important as, as being an effective leader. 
Now, I, I think my role as, as a leader is to support and develop the, the, the talent that, that I work with. And I work with brilliant folks that require little to zero uh, management, right? And, and so, um, but then we, I also have folks on the team that are younger, that, that are just getting their career started. And, and that's, that's my responsibility is to help them along this path. And their responsibility is, okay, I got to walk down this path. And when Mike asked me to, to run, I need to run, you know? So, um, I think that ultimately, if you, you look at society in this, in this country right now, um, unhappiness and depression, all these things are everywhere. Yeah. And we can fix that, right? You can turn off the news. You can stop consuming all the media. You can stop consuming social media. And you can go out the door, put your shoes on, go for a walk. And then maybe the next day you're going to go for a jog. And then maybe the next day you're going to go for a run. And, and believe it or not, then, then a year from now, you're going to be better than what you were, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That's good. I have, I have a follow-up question, James, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. I, I, we kind of wrap up the show. We're getting towards that point, but let's just say you're in front of a, a energy crowd of 10,000 people on stage. By uh-huh. And they say to you, Mike, say the one word that describes you, what would you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. And in the one word that uh, describes me, I I think that um, the word that comes to mind would be optimist. You know, I think that, that you have to, to, again, to, to effectively lead, uh, you have to see the good. And, And right now, nobody wants to see the good because it's just not in it's not cool right now it's not in vogue and and how do you get clicks on your on your um you know your your news website well you say something inflammatory or bad about someone else and that's what we click on right and so i would say you know optimist i like that that's a we haven't heard that one yet james we we? we need more optimists yeah we really do yeah yeah right i mean yeah, because otherwise you're fighting yourself of being a pessimist. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. But if you're hey, hey guys, we we have some pessimist viewers too, so don't don't. Oh, we're trying and to that's be okay. Inclusive. We'll we'll bring them along. <laughs> yeah, so we will bring them along. We will. Yeah. Well, Mike, you've been awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's been great to fellowship with you, and finally yep. to uh, get to talk some shop. I know uh, I speak. Yeah, it's my pleasure. When we say uh, it's been our treat uh, to learn from you today, and I hope our audience uh, gained a little bit out of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for, on behalf of James and I, thank you for being on. For the audience members, if you're on the LinkedIn platform, please connect with Mike, follow TRC. Find me on LinkedIn. What's that? Yep, find me on LinkedIn. I'm not hard to find. Uh, I think we may even put a hyperlink when we post this just so we make it easier for everybody so no all right everybody absolutely mike again thank you for being on the show today we absolutely enjoyed it we want to have you back sometime is that all right anytime i'm happy to do it that sounds great until next week on coffee with jim and james thank you for tuning in as i always say stay safe everybody we'll see you next time take care thanks mike thanks james appreciate it thanks thanks